Heavenly Father, we have gathered here once again on this new day that you have given us to be in the house of the Lord. We just want to thank you for the opportunity and the honor and the privilege to be in your house, O oh God. Not just to be here, but to worship you and to pray to you and to dine at your table with my King. Lord, we surrender all of ourselves unto you today. Any distractions, God, we pray, Lord, you would help us to cast it all aside. And Lord, we choose today, not with our emotion or with our feelings, but we make that decision today to lay down all of our rights, all of our crowns. We lay down our pride and we lay them at your feet, O oh Lord. And Lord, we ask God for beauty for our ashes. And I pray, God, as you transition to the message, May the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here today, Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God. And we declare, Lord, that you are our rock and our redeemer. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We pray all of these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, God bless you, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, right now is March 3rd, and it's the Sunday of missions in Korea. And please continue to pray for us, and we will continue to pray for you. Uh, let us continue interceding for each other. And today, we're going to continue on and finally finish on the last part of our Real Faith series, part 19. And the title of today's message is Come Back Home. I'll say it again. Come Back Home. The passage, our main passage, that is found for today's message is found in James 5, verses 19 through 20. And it says this, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I'll say it again. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Amen and amen. The message that the Lord has in store for today's message and for today's audience is this, that God is telling you today to come back home. Many people in this world are lost today, right now as we speak. We should be fearful that we are lost. For example, when a child is lost, the fear is not really where the child is per se, but it is about the child not knowing where his or her parents are. And it's normal and it's very natural for the child to feel fear when they don't know where their parents are, when their parents are absent. In other words, in this life, if we never find our true relationship with God who created us, we will continue to be lost. And it's very simple. 
will go down a spiral, a path of self-reliance, relying on ourselves, our hearts hardening, and never knowing our real Father, our spiritual Father. What matters is that when you find yourself lost, what matters is that you know where God is. And when you find where God is, you will know where you are spiritually in God. So the solution is, letter A, find Him, letter B, then you will have your answer in knowing who you are and where you are and whose you are in this life. The longer we live without Him, we realize we become more lost spiritually. Our hearts become hardened. And there's an emptiness in our soul that cannot be filled with bars, boyfriend, girlfriends, relationships, one relationship to another. It doesn't matter. It will leave us more empty than before. As St. Augustine said, you have made us for ourselves. Our hearts are restless until it finds its rest in you. In other words, you will continue to find that thing that you think is the answer to your life but will leave you more empty than before. So the truth is, you're created to have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. So as you're listening to today's message, if you are lost today, and you are hearing this message today, and you have the opportunity to hear God's word today, this is a sign that God loves you and that God wants to bring you back home. So may today's message be an invitation and a love letter for you. The passage found today is found in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And I'm tying it in with James 5. And the context of 1 Samuel 7 is this, that after decades of being distant from God, running away from God as God's people, they were lost. They lost their relationship with God. So God was calling the nation of Israel through Samuel, prophet Samuel, to come back home to him. So the question, how do we return back to God? Here it is, starting with point number one. First step is this. First step is to repent in prayer. I'll say it again, repent in prayer. Let's take a look at verse 2 to 4 in 1 Samuel 7. It says, The ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim a long time, 20 years in all. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord, mourned. In other words, they mourned. They humbled themselves. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asteroids and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve Him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bells and asterisks and served the Lord only. What the people were doing at this time was that they were living in regret. All they had was regret. But regret is not repentance. Regret never restores your relationship back to God. But what brings us back to God is true repentance. Let us remember Judas. He regretted what he did. He felt remorse, but he was not repentant. For if he had repented, there would have been hope for him. Repentance restores relationships. Regret never restores relationships. 
One thing is to regret, but another thing is to repent. Repentance, my friends, is about having a new mind, a change, a shift in our mindset. To stop going in the direction that you are going and to go in a different direction and to turn away. It's like eating chips. You can't stop. All you have to do is put it down, turn away, and walk away. And regret doesn't do a single thing. It just goes down a spiral of more regrets to a point of no return. And there's such thing as phony repentance, right? What it, does it mean to have phony repentance? Phony repentance is you justify your wrongs. You make excuses for why you did what you did. You repeat your wrongs. You, in fact, blame others and the circumstances. You take no responsibility for what happened. You make excuses. Again, you justify your shadiness. There's no remorse, no change, maybe a regret here and there, but there is no change. There's no true transformation. So what should we do? So, so let me give it to you. So point letter A. Return to the Lord with all of your hearts, as Samuel said. Return to the Lord with all of your hearts. Letter B. Rid your idols. Letter C. Rely fully on the Lord. And letter D. Revere Him only. It doesn't take a gift of prophecy to know who our God is in this life. We know it through the Word of God, through the Scripture that we have. As you observe our life from Monday to Friday, it's easy to see who our God is. Is it your work? Is it the relationship that you're in? Or is it Jesus Christ? Who do you long to please the most Monday morning? Ask yourself that. Is it yourself? Then you are the God of your life. When I say radio idols is anything that you love and trust above God, that is considered idols before God. And here in this context, in 1 Samuel 7, they serve bells and asteroids above God. And to God, that was an idol and that was sin before Him. That's why Samuel says, get rid of foreign gods and idols, anything that is competing with God and nothing should compete with God. When I say rely fully on the Lord, it means to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what it means. It means commit yourselves fully, fully to Him. Only one, only Him, and no one else. When I say revere Him only, you serve Him by revering Him. When I say revere Him, worship Him. It means you worship Him. When you worship Him, you serve Him. You worship Him by serving Him. You serve Him by worshiping Him. We talked about two weeks ago. When we're here in person, we had our service. When we had the sermon topic, prayer, praise, and worship, we talked about the difference between praise and worship. One thing is to praise God with instruments, shouts of joy. It's good. It's on the outward. But worship is deeper. It is within. It is your lifestyle. It is who you are before God. It is your identity as a Christian. He is not only your Savior, but He is your Lord. He didn't just save you one day, and then you can do whatever you want. He needs to be the Lord of your life from Monday through Sunday. Repeat again and again until we take our final breath here in this life. In other words, Jesus Christ must be your everything or nothing. 
There is no 25%, 50%, 75%. It is 100%. There is no in-between. You do not have Christ if Christ doesn't have all of you. You do not have Christ if you haven't given your all to Christ. We give more honor, respect in our workplaces. People in our lives, more respect than we do to Jesus Christ. Why? Because we prioritize them first. So the question is, is Jesus Christ our highest priority? The Lord over our lives. Is He the greatest passion in your life? For if we go neutral, we drift. That's how we drift away, further away from God. Not drive, not on reverse, not even on first gear. We are on neutral. We don't even have our brakes on. We drift. We drift until we crash. So the question you should be asking yourself is, am I closer to God today than I was last year? Again, St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. Paul says in Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Amen. And amen. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Amen. And amen. The second step is return and worship. What was the first step? Repent and prayer. Second step is return and worship. Again, we talked about the difference between praise and worship. I'm not saying praise the Lord. I'm talking about worshiping the Lord. And whenever you're trying to worship the Lord, there will always be opposition. I guarantee you that there's going to be opposition. Even today, right now as you're hearing this message, there are oppositions coming against you because of the, the devil hates you worshiping someone, some, someone else. God wants all of you. The devil wants all of you. So who are you going to respond to? Who you give attention to is going to make the decision for all of your eternity, for the rest of your life. Many breakthroughs will not happen only through resting, remorse, and regret. But it is through repentance. Repentance is equal to wrestling. It all comes down to wrestling. You know, many people think they're so tough with their pens and their computers, and people think that we have, the society have made men and women soft and weak. But the moment you wrestle, you get on the mat, and you wrestle someone, you get humble, you understand how difficult it is. But when you're able to overcome and you fight the good fight, there's a great reward that comes with it. There will be a time of resting and calm. But this season that we're in right now, we're called to be in a season to wrestle, to fight the good fight. And a sign of a good spiritual, a godly spiritual leader is the one who corrects, is the one who disciplines, and the one who brings people back to the Lord. And this is what Samuel was doing. He was bringing his people back to the Lord. He said, get rid of all the other idols. Return to God and worship. 
completely different from Eli and his sons. He was the high prophet before Samuel was the prophet. And what did Eli and his sons do? They never corrected each other. They never brought discipline. In fact, they compromised. They used the people of God to feed themselves, to compromise, and to fall away from the faith. Samuel here is the leader that we should model after because he returned the people of God back to God. He brought discipline. He brought worship in his household. Take a look at verse 7 through 11 in our main passage here, 1 Samuel 7. It says, When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were rooted before the Israelites. Verse 11, the men of Israel rushed out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Beth Car. So, so point letter A, when we are under attack, worship the Lord. So point letter B, when you are fighting sin, worship the Lord. Letter C, when you are clueless, worship the Lord. What do I mean by clueless? When you feel like you don't understand why you are where you are, you don't understand why the season of my life is the way it is, you worship, you fight the good fight, you continue fighting, you continue trusting in Him. Years ago, I was in a football match among churches. So it's not really a fo- real football, but it's tag football. And when we had won our game, our team members, they were celebrating, right? They were celebrating, and they were extra celebrating extra this time. And then later I learned a true story. I learned that we were actually at a championship match. We won the championship match. They were holding the trophy, and I had no idea, because that just goes to show that I really did not care about the trophies and whatnot that people care about so much. But I just remember giving my best, doing the best that I can. So when we are when our backs are against the wall and when we don't understand why I am where I am in this season of life, when you are clueless, what do you do? The answer is simple. You do what you were doing before, prior. Worship the Lord. Continue to worship Him. Never compromise that part of your life. Worshiping the Lord is crucial for your soul. If you don't know what to do in your present state, worship the Lord. There is great power and breakthrough that will happen when we worship the Lord. There is great power when we fix our eyes on the grandness of our Lord. 
And I pray that Sunday is not the only day that we worship the Lord. We must cultivate a life, a lifestyle, a cycle of worship that no matter where you go, no matter where I am, no matter who I am with, I know that I can never escape the presence of God. He is the ultimate sacrifice. Again, Samuel here took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. In verse 9, found here in 1 Samuel chapter 7. That is a precursor of what Jesus did on the cross for us. He is the ultimate sacrifice. That's why after Christ came, he died on the cross. There was no longer a need for Old Testament sacrifice, customs, death. No longer was needed of an animal. Why did we need to kill animals back then? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And when sin is committed, price needs to be paid. A debt needs to be paid. And God wanted to remind the people that this animal that you're sacrificing, it should be you, not the animal. What did the animals do to deserve this? Our vegans will love this. What did they do? They deserve nothing. They're innocent. They are innocent. But sin requires payment. Sin requires sacrifice. Sin is not something to pet. It's not something to tame. You must kill the pet before the pet, before the sin kills you. And we, all of us, we have that secret sin, that secret pet that we keep in our pockets. We need to look to God, look to Christ as the ultimate sacrifice. Like the book Beowulf, where we see the little monster becoming a full-out dragon later. Sin will multiply, will mutate into something nasty. Pornography, slipping around from relationship to relationship. Gambling, gossiping, complaining, harboring bitterness in our hearts, having an unforgiving heart, not being zealous for the Lord. Paul reminds us to never lack in zeal. Why? Because when you lack in zeal before God, you'll be zealous for something else. You'll be passionate for the things of this world. And you'll make excuses saying, everybody is doing it. Sin will kill your love for God. And more than that, a continuous sin will destroy your relationship with God. So what should we do? when we are clueless and lost, we're under attack and we're fighting sin, worship the Lord. We turn and worship. So again, point one is repent in prayer. Return to the Lord with all your hearts, rid of your idols, rely fully on the Lord, revere Him only. And point number two, second step, is return and worship. When we're under attack, worship the Lord. When you're fighting sin, worship the Lord. When you are clueless, worship the Lord. And lastly, point number three, I'm closing with this. Third step is this. Remember and praise. Remember and praise. I'm not saying worship, but praise. At this point, if you've got 
up to step two, then you've made it. Then naturally, you don't have to teach anyone this because Holy Spirit will inspire that person to do this naturally. Just like when you're learning a skill, you learn the basic, and then the rest will happen naturally. Same thing. As you become a true worshiper, you will do step three naturally. Naturally, Holy Spirit will nudge your heart to remember and to give praise to God in true worship. It's like, I don't know if you guys collect uh, any dry flower. Some people do that, and they like write a note, the date. And my Bible is full of them, right? And as I see them, even though I may not remember everything, I put it near my favorite passage. And as I look and I look at the scripture, it brings floodgates of memories. All the times when God has been faithful to me. And I pray that you will have a bunch of God's flowers dried in your Bibles. In other words, continue to build memories, memories of God's goodness. Because if all you can remember right now are the bad things of your life, the negative things of your life, and all you have within you are complaints and bitterness in your heart, then you are not a true worshiper. You still need to go back. You need to clear step two. You can't get to step two without completing step one. So many people want to praise. They come to church and they think it's all about clapping their hands and worshiping Him. And then they go back the same way they are Monday and they are repeating the same sin, defeated, guilt, remorse, regret. That's it. Never changing. Hearing the message, hearing the word, but never transforming. From within. What God wants is for you to be a true worshiper. To be a true worshiper means you need to be a true repenter. Are you a true repenter in Christ? You have to repent in prayer. Then you need to return and worship with true humility, understanding that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. If he gave his life for me, then easily, Lord, I will give my life to you. That's what he says in verse 12, 1 Samuel 7. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer. Not Ebenezer Cruz that we know, but he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus the Lord has helped us. Amen and amen. You must remember God's faithfulness. Remember the faithfulness of God. Before you even pursue God, the Bible says He knew you and He was always here for us. Amen and amen. May our prayer be, Lord, today I will pursue you remember and I will praise you by lifting up my hands 
singing songs of praise, practicing hard, Lord, as a praise team leader, understanding that God, that my skill here with worship and praise, ultimately is my worship to you. May everything we do be a reflection of the life that we live in Christ, a genuine, true worshiper. They are the kind of people that the Lord seeks. As Jesus told the Samaritan woman who was seeking the living water. And I pray that as we have finally come to the final phase, the final message of James chapter 5. We've gone up to part 19. Come back. Home. I really wanted to finish at an even number, but the number 20, it's good that it's left empty because our life doesn't end. It hasn't ended yet. If you're listening to this message, there is tomorrow. May we continue to live our life for Him and fulfill the Great Commission. May part 20 be our faithfulness to God, not just for the year 2024, but for how many years we have left on this, in this life, that we'll be faithful. Amen and woman of God. Amen. Amen. So with that, I want to give you an opportunity and a chance right now to pray and to reflect upon today's message.
Holy Spirit, we ask God that you will seal this message and we seal it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in authority that is found in Christ, not in ourselves. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that every prayer that was spoken, Lord, I pray will not fall to the ground and die out. But Lord, we lift it up to the heavens that you'll hear us and believe. And we believe, Lord, that you are with us. So strengthen us, watch over us in our respective places. No matter where we are geographically, where we are physically, we are never lost. You are with us, and we are in you, and we know where you are, God. You are in our hearts, you are in our lives, and you are in our church. We give you all the glory and all the honor. As we have now finished the Real Faith series, everything that we learn through the book of James may be sealed in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, we love you, pray all of these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen and amen. Let's pray for the offering prayer. Uh, let us pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity and the honor to give to you what is already yours. We are just managers and stewards of all the blessings that you continue to provide for us. We thank you for this space that we have, for the roof that we have. And just for always being more than enough. You are more than enough, Lord. And with that, we give you not reluctantly, because we're pressured to give, but we give to you out of the joyness in our heart. We give to you because it is yours. May what we have be used for the furthering work of your kingdom here on this earth as it is in heaven. We thank you. We love you. We pray all of these things. Your precious son, just cause me pray. Amen. And amen. Alright, let's sing our final and closing song, The Path of Life in Jesus. Let's sing together and let's close our service with the final prayer. Benediction.
Now let us close our service with our final benediction. Let us all close our eyes and let us all pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. May he continue to work within us what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. I love you. I'll see you soon. God bless you.